everyone, and welcome back to the Real Estate Student Podcast. Today, I'm here with Eva Kanovich. She's the Head of Marketing and Communications at Boardwalk Properties. Hi, Eva. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Gracie. My pleasure. So you have had a really unique experience sort of getting into this industry. Can you tell our listeners a bit about where you started with your undergrad? Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. I don't have a very traditional roadmap of how I got into real estate, but I certainly believe that the confluence of experiences that I've had over the last two decades have really provided me not only the acumen, but uh, I guess the insight and the opportunity to really uh, get into this role in a much uh, more dedicated and obvious way. So the trajectory that I took, I think like most undergrads, um, you're trying to find yourself, right? You're trying to figure out what works, what fits, kind of like a good pair of jeans. Um, I actually took a route where I started with an undergrad in economics and political science at U of T. And I was really unsure. Um, I knew that I was good at math and I really knew that I liked understanding what was going on sort of in politics and the world around me. So having that sort of macro understanding of how business works and having the insights of understanding how politics and sort of everything kind of comes together um, really was a great starting point for me to evaluate some of the options in market. Um, I graduated from U of T, uh, like I said, with a double degree and sort of decided that I was going to take more of a broader lens uh, in business and pivot into an MBA, which took me overseas. Uh, So anyone who's thinking about taking that leap of faith and uh, going somewhere abroad, I highly suggest it. Um, It is not only a very edifying experience at a personal level, but it makes you think differently, Um, makes you look at the world differently, understand it differently, and more specifically, kind of get in touch with yourself. Um, So I did my MBA overseas in France, and I was in a very unique position because that program actually was a hybrid program where I got to work, live, and play in six different countries. Um, So I won't get into too much of the detail, but all to say that I had an opportunity to do internships that varied from fashion at the uh, Fashion House of Armani in Milan, to working in tourism in Morocco, to then pivoting and working on the Olympic Committee uh, in Greece. So again, just a myriad of experiences that really allowed me to kind of get my feet Um, wet in multiple different disciplines and work with a cross-section of teams. Um, So that's sort of where it started. And then where I ended up was really just a long path um, to marketing. I started in PR after my MBA and then um, made my way more into a business development focused role at the Toronto Stock Exchange. Again, uh, touching on many different clients, many different verticals, uh, working Um, both on the junior board and the senior board at the stock exchange, and then pivoting. My big break in marketing was really pivoting into the brand um, side of things at Deloitte. So that's sort of where my career started in marketing. Um, Yeah, that was sort of a long-winded way of answering your first question, I think. So not to put you on the spot, but did you have, you mentioned you had six internships in six different countries from fashion to tourism. Correct. Did you have an internship that kind of resonated you, that brought you into that 
um, PR sort of marketing after? Yeah, it did actually. So thanks for that question. That's a great question. Um, I think the eye-opening moment for me as a marketer and brand um, person was really when I got to work for a company called Farco Pharmaceuticals. Um, Now you're thinking, my God, what a long way from real estate. Well, your training ground is your training ground. So as a marketer, someone who's looking to build brands from the ground up, you season yourself in whatever industry um, you're in. So the opportunity for me was actually in Egypt, like I said, with a company called Farco Farco Pharmaceuticals, and they were looking to develop a pharmaceutical line, which was going to launch in Europe for the first time. So I did everything from consumer segmentation to um, just a brand audit to understanding the pricing matrix. Um, At the time, we were still sort of at the you know, the boom, bust, and echo era of coming into the online world. So really exploring different options and mediums of how to reach different consumer groups. And it just got me excited to be able to build a product um, from the ground up, to be able to build a team, to sort of understand the landscape internationally and the appetites of various consumer groups, understand entry points and entry barriers uh, for different countries um, was really interesting for me. And at that point, I realized that all of the groundwork that I had done before from a political science and economics uh, perspective really benefited me because I understood how certain cultures responded to uh, certain product types. I understood the economic realities of the European market. Um, and I also just understood you know, the basic micro and macro factors that indicated how I would have to approach price and price sensitivity. So Really, that was one of the most formative parts, I think, from an internship perspective. Um, And that got me really interested in marketing. So over the course of all of that, you know, you were learning about yourself and what you like, what you don't like, who you are, where you want to end up. What would you say is a skill set that you recognized in yourself that really allowed you to flourish in these roles? Great question again, Gracie. I think the most important thing is self-awareness and to your point, understanding what you're good at and some of your playing to your strengths. Um, One of the things that I pride myself the most on and to this day, I think resonates with the people I work with, uh, namely my team, is that I really love building teams and I generally love um, being able to distill business insights and translate them into marketing campaigns. So I realized early on that My greatest skill was to really understand strategy and then bring it down to a marketing level and put it to market. Very interesting. So I noticed you've been in a leadership role for quite some time now, and then you just mentioned that that's something you really love. Correct. I'd love to talk about your leadership style, you know, what makes a great culture, how do you build a great team? Sure. Um, Well, I would say first and foremost, if you ask any leader, the skill that they want to have and the skill that they think they possess the most is humility. I would like to say I'm 80% there. Um, I would say that that's one of the greatest strengths of any market leader is to be able to lead with humility, to be the first one to advocate for your team, the first one to take it on the wrist, um, and the first one to champion the efforts and the successes of those around you. So I would say my leadership style is humble. Um, I also say that I would lead with, I always lead with grit, um, fierce direction. So I'm very 
I'm very clear on what our path looks like. And I think the most important part um, that serves not only you in a professional way, but in a social way is, is um, just leading with humanity. So taking the time to really understand people, um, understand where they come from, understand some of the things that um, potentially are sensitive and, and other things that, you know, maybe um, qualify them in a way that you didn't perceive them when you first took them on um, or when you started building your team. So really eyes wide open kind of mentality when I when it comes to leadership, but certainly being able to, to humanize every touch point is, uh, is a considerable thing that you need to, to think about if you're ever in a leadership position or if you're given an opportunity to lead. Absolutely. And I know that you have worked at, you know, Oxford Properties, Deloitte, and then most currently at Boardwalk Properties. What would you say are Boardwalk's core values that yeah. trickle down into your culture? Yeah, it's interesting that you, you actually paired all three of those roles um, sort of sequentially. So for me, it's interesting. I've always landed in cultures that have this as one mentality. Um, so it's interesting because I, and I encourage your listeners to do this as well, is that there's so much opportunity in the world that aligning your personal values and your personal culture is the first and foremost detail that anyone entering into any industry should consider. You know, um, the role is important, but it's secondary, and so is the pay. And everyone's probably thinking, my God, well, I need to pay rent and feed my family. And um, hopefully people listening to this podcast are in a position where there's a singular perspective still in life. There's opportunity for them to, to be selfish and take risks. Um, and so the cultures that I've really worked at, they really have this as one mentality and are very community driven. Um, so both internally and externally, it's all about connection. It's all about people. Um, and I've been fortunate in my most recent role here at Boardwalk to really live and breathe a brand that walks the walk and talks the talk. Um, so yeah, I would say that there's, there's definitely similarities between all of the three cultures that I've had exposure to. That's great. And I know that you refer to your current team at Boardwalk as sort of your tribe. Um, can you speak a bit to the importance of having a wonderful team at work and really, you know, having those be your people and be your tribe? A hundred percent. So I always err again on the side of humility. Uh, my number one motivation in life is to recruit and develop people that are stronger in certain areas than myself. Um, a tribe is all about creating strength and so and endurance and persistence. And I think that we operate on that access every single day. I have a team of 15 people here. I'm growing hopefully um, day by day to maybe a 20 to 25 person team across the country. But I would say each one of those people, um, they, they, are, they, are, they are necessary in order for this operation to work. And so, you know, when I think about what a tribe means is that it's a collection of people who need to be where they are in order to be able to work through to a goal um, and achieve a success that otherwise you wouldn't be able to accomplish on your own. Amazing. And can you speak a bit about, you know, kind of your day-to-day -day at Boardwalk, 
what are you passionate about there? What do you guys have going on right now? Yeah, so we're in the residential space. Um, so we have about 300 plus uh, assets across the country with over 70,000 residents. And when I say national, we really are uh, national in the real sense of the word. So we have properties located uh, in Toronto, Brampton, and Mississauga, all the way out to Victoria um, on the West Coast. So what really um, drives me, what, what my, I guess, what makes me uh, the happiest is to be able to uh, have a cross-section of work that comes across my desk all the time. Uh, so I work on the development side of things as well. We have net new projects that are being built from the ground up. And so when I think about brand and being able to create something, um, that really impassions me, that invigorates me on a daily basis. The other thing that drives me is just knowing that with so much um, disparity out there during COVID and so much homelessness and the realities, the ardent realities that most people are facing right now with the economic pinch um, and unemployment, being able to be part of a company that addresses homelessness and affordability head on um, and advocates for closing that gap is something that I'm inspired by. It's understanding that my role is not just about filling units, but it's about providing a basic need and an essential service to someone. So I think that that is one thing that I recognize through the pandemic is that real estate is not just about infrastructure. It's not just about a building. It's not just about something material. It's about bringing someone home. It's about creating an atmosphere and safety and understanding that it does provide a, a, a real tenable measure of a quality of life that in any other industry, you probably wouldn't be able to, to have that same feeling or to have that same impact. So for me, it's incredibly important on a day-to-day -to, -day to materially think about the difference that I'm making and making sort of a profound um, impact and understanding to my team that what we do is important. Yeah, I really love that about real estate. I think a lot of our listeners and people in the industry love that um, tangibility of real estate and being able to see how we interact with it and, you know, watch a project go from an idea and flourish into exactly, you know, how they envisioned it and watch a community engage is really amazing. 100%. It all starts with a business thesis, right? When you, when you think about real estate development, you pick, you pick a plot of land, you pick an area, you think you understand your consumer type, and as you develop it, to your point, that look and feel, that sensibility of seeing people interact with the space you've created and curated is something pretty transformational. Yeah, absolutely. And just to watch your vision come to life, I think. 100%. Something everybody would love to see. Um, for our listeners, can you just speak on some of the different, um, you know, facets of Boardwalk and different employment opportunities you guys have across different teams? A hundred percent. So there are many hubs and spokes here at Boardwalk. Um, I sit at, at the corporate level, obviously, in head office, um, which constitutes HR tech, which is a big part of our business as we're moving through sort of business transformation strategies and AI. Um, that's a whole other discussion, but I think for your listeners, anyone who's really looking at real estate, I would highly suggest looking at property technology or what the acronym is PropTech, 
Um, that's really an up and coming sort of nascent part of our business where we're looking to automate our buildings, automate like, you know, anywhere from smart home technology to looking at environmental social governance at the building level where we're thinking about thermostats and all of that other stuff. Um, so there's there's the tech division. Um, and then we have our development and acquisitions team, our design team, which do all of the refreshes in our design within our interior spaces. And then we have site teams, which operate obviously as implied uh, at the site level. So they're really on, on the customer service side of things. They provide the experiential sort of um, lead to lease through and through journey for our consumers. Um, they are really the people that make this business work. Um, they are what we call the front line. And uh, there's a myriad of opportunities there, right? Because that, that consists of CSRs, landscapers, maintenance guys, um, just general site staff. And then you have regional uh, managers that operate really at kind of governing and overseeing those teams. So it's a pretty top-down structure. There's a lot of tiering in between the levels, but I would say that there's certainly more people at site and more opportunity at the site staff level than there is in corporate. And just as far as um, entry-level positions, you know, internships for our students, are you guys um, pretty open in that area or would you recommend this more for our, you know, MBA graduate listeners? I think there's always opportunity. Um, it obviously is commensurate with the nature of the role we're looking for at that particular moment, but I certainly encourage and welcome a discussion. Any listener that you would like to reach out to me personally, I'm always happy to take a conversation offline. Um, to give you some insight, we do hire summer interns in three specific de departments. So we have procurement um, that does hire summer interns. So people who are looking at kind of getting onto the supply chain side of the real estate business, uh, certainly there's opportunities there. Uh, from a finance perspective, we do hire summer analysts. Um, so anyone who's kind of looking at maybe crossing over from a finance degree into a real estate environment, um, certainly a great opportunity there. And then my group, we always think about um, internships at that sort of communication uh, entry level, um, where people really kind of understand and start to get to know the community engagement side of things. So it's, uh, it's definitely commensurate, like I said, with the right candidate and the experience, but Boardwalk is definitely the type of company that's open to conversation and fit. At the end of the day, um, we're just looking for good people. Yeah, and to all of our listeners, we'll, um, you know, maybe link Eva's LinkedIn or something, and they can reach out to you as you 100% anyone, you know, is really resonating with the company and the things you're saying. Um, thanks so much for saying that. And, My pleasure. Um, so I have to ask you because you've had six internships in six countries. <laughs> um, what do you have any tips for our students applying for internships and you know starting to look at that here with the summer coming up i would just say get out in front of as many people as you can and always remember that as much as you're being interviewed you're interviewing the interviewer um, it's a dialogue treat every discussion as something that you're leaning into as well um you know one of the things gracie i think you and i had talked about before is some a piece of advice I would probably give my former self, um, it would be to lean in harder um, and also understand that there's a reason I'm at the table. 
And that goes uh, for an interview as well. There's a reason why someone has invited you to an interview. So take every opportunity, savor it, um, massage it, question it, throw it out if it doesn't work. And don't be afraid to say yes and no when it feels right or it doesn't. Um, my, my greatest, I guess my greatest piece of advice is just get out in, in front of as many people as you can, shake as many hands. Well, maybe not during COVID, but certainly take <laughs> as many conversations as you can and always be open to new, new opportunities, new people, um, and step out of your comfort zone. You know, I had no traditional experience in real estate. Um, it was just something that I was passionate about that I actually just fell into at Deloitte. Um, I had a great mentor. Um, her name was Sheila Bonning to this day. She, I would consider her probably first and foremost, my, um, I call her my, my sort of North star and in, in women in leadership. So Find someone that you can cleave to, find someone who's going to take you on, who's going to mentor you, who's not afraid to tell you that you're failing. Um, failure is healthy. Failure means that you're pushing the limits and it's about recovery. So don't be afraid to take the risk. Um, and whether you choose real estate or anything else, just try, 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 keep trying. Yeah, I was um, lucky enough to attend the Queen's Real Estate Investment Conference a couple of weeks ago. And one of the speakers there said the first, you got to break your life up into three 30 year chunks. And the first 30 years is to learn, 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 learn. Do as much as you can, exploit opportunities, meet as many people as you can. And 100%. the next 30 is to apply, 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 apply all that knowledge and learnings. And then the last 30 is to give back and help the next one in line. And I thought yeah. that, that was a really good way for students to look at it is I think that there's this pressure that, you know, we need to figure it out. And, you know, just even looking at your experience, you kind of, you know, just took on every opportunity you could. And I think that it's really important that we encourage that, you know, just going after it uh, for the sake of learning, right? Yeah, I, I love that pyramid approach. I probably wouldn't tranche it out in, in 30, 30, and 30, just because <laughs> I think that if you're not learning, you're dying. Um, and so I would just say learning is a continuous thing, right? We never stop learning in any industry at any level and any role. Um, but yeah, no, certainly I think that there's you just have to be open. And I think don't underestimate the power of relationships. And you honestly, people can start in finance. I know a lot of people who haven't taken a traditional path, um, you know, by trade, they're lawyers or investment bankers, and they've pivoted into real estate. So there's no one size fits all model. Um, I think the beauty about real estate, and I think all, any of my peers or colleagues would echo it is that there's a room, there's room for everyone um, because it's such a multidisciplinary practice. Uh, you know, you can go into urban planning, you could be an economist, you could be a designer. And, you know, if you look at, for example, Dialogue, which I also would suggest if you're looking for an internship, they're a fantastic um, shop in, in, in uh, YYC here, but, you know, you can come at it from every angle. Um, so if you're, if you're in architecture and you still don't know what you want to do, and maybe you don't want to be uh, an architect, maybe you want to apply that skill somewhere else. Um, real estate is one of those things that have so many different verticals and opportunities that 
there's always there's always room yeah absolutely that's for sure my favorite part about real estate is it's allowed me to uh, pursue a degree that I'm really passionate about, but, you know, kind of work in real estate and talk to people. And for our students listening, um, I really do encourage you to reach out to Eva or reach out to that contact you had that said they'd be willing to, because um, I've noticed the people in real estate are so willing to help. You know, We're builders, Gracie. That's the one thing that we are. We build whether we build communities or build connections or build relationships, we build bridges. And that's something that I think is native to any real estate um, executive or anyone who's even in the space. We are, we, we have a group think mentality. We are here to build. Yeah. So for I encourage that- everyone to reach out um, to whoever they know, if, if it's me, if it's someone else, start the conversation. You won't know until you try. Yeah, and even for our non-real estate listeners here, just give it a shot. If you're thinking about it and you have this feeling and you're listening to this podcast, this is your, this is your sign. Um, so I just want to look now into your future. So do you have a 10-year kind of plan? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah, so definitely no crystal ball on this side of the ocean. Um, I wish I did. Um, I tried to live my life in sort of two to three year increments when I think about forecasting or reforecasting. 10 years is dangerous. A lot can change. I mean, I think no one anticipated COVID. Maybe I should say five. Yeah, five. We've been in a long middle with COVID for a while. So I think um, if we kind of look backwards to before the be- before the start of COVID, I would say that I I am exactly where I need to be right now. Um, two years later. I think when I look forward um, professionally, I think, you know, the, the sort of crescendo in my career would be to be a chief marketing officer. I think I'm head of marketing and it's just, it's a title, it's a nuance. I think I am where I want to be professionally. Um, I think more in terms of opportunity, I'd love to work more on the development and partnership side of things. Um, right now we're in a partnership with uh, RioCan on certain developments and another company called 45 Railroad out in Toronto, building sort of a a multi-family asset um, on both of those specs. And I love love building. So anything that kind of takes me more into that direction, I think that's where I wanna be professionally. And if I were to comment on it on the personal side, I think it's just to continue making a great impact to the community, Um, especially, you know, I have my youngest daughter, Annika is almost three. Um, and I just want her to start valuing the importance of giving back and building and strengthening the community and the people around her. So, you know, like I said, you are who you are, your work doesn't define you, but if you can kind of find a place where your values are identified and mirrored in what you do, there's not real, really a division between work and home. And so for me, the core values are the same, um, which is lovely. And I get to kind of marry those two together. So Personally, it's just to keep building communities um, and professionally, it's to be part of that community and keep doing that in the same way. That's amazing that you can bridge those two together as well. Another great thing about real estate. To wrap this up, Eva, not to keep you, what's one piece of advice, if you haven't said it already, that you have for our listeners that you just wish someone told you? I would say, and then I'm going to just borrow back from a piece of information that I said earlier on in our discussion is failure is a gift. So 
and, and maybe that seems a little bit odd when you think it through, but it's not. So be open to failure because every failure actually brings you closer to your destination. Trust yourself. Like I said before, there's a reason that you're at the table. Um, when you're in a meeting, say something. There's value. There's a reason why you've been invited to that meeting. Always realize that no matter where you are in your career, whether it's academic, professional, personal, you, there is a unique value and perspective that you bring to the table. Um, so whether you choose real estate, whether it's you know some other job that you're entering into, just remember that there is value at any point in your career and that you are very unique in your perspective. That is amazing, especially for our student listeners. Thanks so much for being on Eva and everybody. We will kind of plaster her info with her permission wherever we can so that you guys have the resources. Yes, reach out anytime, always open to conversation. And like I said, just keep, keep, keep moving. Keep, keep doing your thing, guys. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time on the Real Estate Student Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe to the Real Estate Student Podcast and share with your friends.